Good morning, listeners, and thank you for tuning in to another day of Mercury, a broadcast of hope. I'm Max O'Brien here in studio with Dr. Rosalind Clark, and it's day 891 since we came back on the air. It's also March 15th, or the Ides of March. Most people know this day as the fateful day Julius Caesar was assassinated. And as Dr. Clark was telling me this morning, it was also something like an ancient Roman tax day? That's not quite correct, Max. First, a quick overview of how the Roman calendar was structured month to month. They didn't mark off individual days, like the 1st through the 31st on our calendars. Instead, they had fixed points in the months that they counted back from. There was the calends, the 1st, the knowns, the 5th or the 7th, and the ides, the 13th or 15th. The ides were set to fall on the full moon, and in March, the ides was marked on the 15th. So it's similar to their numbering system in that way. They have names for specific intervals, and then everything so many plus or minus from that named amount. Yes. It's a similar way of thinking about measurements. Now, the eyes of each month were sacred to Jupiter. Zeus in Greek mythology. Yes, exactly. But the eyes of March specifically was also the feast of Anna Perenna. The Ides of March would have taken place on the first full moon of the new year in the Roman calendar, and the Feast of Anna Perena would have been the last festivity of the New Year revelry. The last hurrah! Last call at the bar on New Year's Day! The tradition of the memoralia might also have taken place on the Ides of March. This involved dressing an old man in animal skins and beating him, and in potentially also driving him out of town. That's pretty terrible. It was supposed to represent driving out the old year and starting anew. And speak to your tax day comparison, it was also a day traditionally for settling debts. What a perfect day to assassinate your emperor. Roman historian Cassius Dio saw the assassination as a religious sacrifice because of the timing of it. Caesar's death was a huge turning point in Roman history. It triggered a civil war and was one of the final moments that drove out the era of the Roman Republic. I wonder if the conspirators picked the Ides of March on purpose for that reason. What I find ironic is that the conspirators didn't want to drive out the old era. Assassinating Caesar was their attempt to reinstate the Republic and do away with the new, which was an emperor. They wanted to go back, not forward. But yes, I'm sure that the idea of change and sacrifice was on their minds. Did I miss it? Did I miss it? Are we still on the air? Yes, Agnes, we're still on. What's going on? What hap- what's happening? Caesar was stabbed! Yes, Agnes, we were just talking about that. But I don't see how that's an emergency. That's not exactly a current event? Yes, but I can't miss my chance again. Last year on the Ides of March, I wanted to talk about it seriously, wondering if there were any warning signs for the apocalypse like the soothsayer's prediction of Julius Caesar. I remember thinking you did a good job. I don't remember it at all. Was there something you wanted to add that you forgot last year? No, I knew last year I wouldn't have time for this, but I can't believe I almost forgot. Forgot what? Yes, we still don't know what's going on in your head. When I was in high school, I took an English class where everybody had to memorize and present Antony's speech at Caesar's funeral. That's a famous one. I think I even remember a little of that. Well, you all and the listeners know how much I love Shakespeare. I was so excited to get my chance to do the speech in the front of the class... But then I got the flu, and I missed the presentations. I made it up later after school, but it was just my teacher in the room, and it wasn't the same. So, let me guess. You want to do it now? You bet I do. Friends. Romans. Countrymen. Lend me your ears. I come to bury Caesar, not to praise him. The evil that men do lives after them. The good 
is oft interred with their bones. So let it be with Caesar. The noble Brutus hath told you that Caesar was ambitious. If it were so, it was a grievous fault, and grievously hath Caesar answered it. Here, under leave of Brutus and the rest, for Brutus is an honorable man. So are they all, all honorable men. Come I to speak in Caesar's funeral. He was my friend, faithful and just to me. But Brutus says he was ambitious, and Brutus is an honorable man. He hath brought many captives home to Rome, whose ransoms did the general coffers fill. Did this in Caesar seem ambitious? When that the poor have cried, Caesar hath wept. Ambition should be made of sterner stuff. Yet Brutus says he was ambitious, and Brutus is an honorable man. You all did see that on the Lupercal I thrice presented him a kingly crown, which he did thrice refuse. Was this ambition? Yet Brutus says he was ambitious, and sure he is an honorable man. I speak not to disprove what Brutus spoke, but here I am to speak what I do know. You all did love him once, not without cause. What cause withholds you then to mourn for him? O oh, judgment, thou art fled to brutish beasts, and men have lost their reason. Bear with me. My heart is in the coffin there with Caesar, and I must pause till it come back to me. That's it. Great job, Agnes. Thank you, Dr. Clark. Anyway, that's the time we have for today. I'll sign us off. Um, for Mercury, a broadcast of hope, I'm Max O'Brien with Dr. Rosalind Clark and Agnes Drew. Beware the Ides of March, but take care of each other. <laughs>